take a deep breath. Close your eyes a moment if you can and imagine something with me. What do you see in your mind if I ask you to imagine a vapor? Go ahead, imagine it. Is it a wisp or maybe something like some steam? Did it have any specific colors before I asked? What words would you use to describe it then? Maybe it is shapeless or smoke cloud or fleeting as a breeze goes by. A simple beauty that's here one moment and vanishing into the next. In my own head, I see just a simple gray wisp meandering through endless black space in front of me. Almost like it's asking me to dance. Whatever it is that you are imagining, try to truly see it in your head. Not just thinking about the general concept of it, but choose to take in and observe some exact detail that your imagination has laid out. Maybe think of yourself sitting with this vapor as it changes shapes and moves through the imaginary space in front of you, almost as if you could reach out and touch it. But you know, if, like this is any other vapor, there's nothing to actually grasp or hold. In fact, if you do try to grab it, your vapor would just escape through the gaps in your fingers and disappear into the space surrounding them. Now, if I ask you to, can you recall the first shape in which you imagined your vapor? Can you explain the exact form of that smoke cloud we have both been imagining in our heads? Every tendril and every flourish. I hesitate to think I could do it. I don't think I could even have the proper words to explain the shape of my imagined vapor in a way that would do it any justice. In fact, I think to freeze a vapor almost makes it less like a vapor entirely because now it lacks the normal characteristic of its old fluid self. But even though we're familiar with the idea of a cloud of vapor, to actually imagine or articulate it and all of its detail feels just shy of impossible, or even meaningless. So, what word best describes that then? What emotion can really capture that vapor or smoke cloud in every moment? That which has a consistently inconsistent shape. I can see it perfectly in my head, but can hardly explain it when asked. Well, whatever that is, I think that's also the best way I have to explain my current view of life in this season, as ambiguous as that is. But a true shapeless beauty, best observed and enjoyed without trying to coerce her shape. And with that said, welcome to the vapor. So what is the reasoning behind why I've decided to practice my diction and chat into this microphone to an imaginary audience? Truthfully, 
I'm still asking myself the same thing and building the courage to do it. But every time I ask myself, I get a new version on that answer. But I am doing it with some loose reasoning and direction, I guess. For me, this podcast is a way to embrace my temporary existence in a really joyful way, while at the same time getting to express some of my own interests through storytelling and dramatic background music, probably. But where those stories and interests will land along the way, I I don't really have an idea, but you're more than welcome to join in, and I hope it gets somewhat interesting. But more so, I really savor listening to anyone share compelling details or stories about their life. I enjoy the fine art of storytelling and how it can bring so many people into a genuine moment together. And I'm also a playlist junkie who hunts to find the best music I can to fit the current emotional landscape. So a podcast felt like where all of that landed me, where it could all be packaged together with some loose and relaxed purpose, like a a type of journalistic archive for stories that are really dear to me. Because truthfully, my analog memories are fading pretty quickly. A way that I've explained how memories feel to me is like trying to hold sand in your hands without letting any of it go. No matter how hard I try, at least some of that sand is spilling out of my fingers and going to return to the beach. It's just inevitable. In a similar way, as I get further away from the first occurrence of a memory, its details also fade, like sand just returning to the beach. You can always recall some of those details, but just never as crisp as the first time, which, admittedly, that used to feel really sad to me, and probably sounds sad to you as well, but now it's a really bright sadness, maybe, when I realize that sharing those memories with one another is a really lovely way to let them live again. And a lot of times when sharing stories, memories come back to you, and details come back that you thought had been long forgotten. Something I hope many of us would agree on is this. At times, it just feels nice hearing the stories of others, both joyful and sorrowful and anywhere in between. If we let them, these stories can really pull our focus away from our own life for just a minute so that we might find some solace in a new perspective or maybe discover joy in a storyline that is not our own. And I put concerted effort into this because I hope that someone listening might find reason to reflect and enjoy their own vapor in a little more along the way. Like returning some sand back into your hands, if you will. Um, They also say absence makes the heart grow fonder, so... I like to think that spending some time away from obsessing over your own vapor and its details will maybe let you return to it with fresh eyes and a new perspective. That way, when you do return to observing your story, maybe it seems a little brighter, more saturated or livelier even. So I want to use all this as a creative outlet to both embrace the vapor and share the stories with others in a way that breaks, even for a moment, the hyper-focus on the self. I suppose these recordings are a way to hold me accountable as well, 
by reminding me to enjoy the moment I'm in now without wishing for more. Something that viewing life through the metaphor of vapor has really taught me is that life is best enjoyed without trying to dictate her shape. Having without possessing, acting with no expectations, leading and not taking control. Sitting back and just enjoying the story rather than trying to fill in the details or predict the next page. Something I like that Jesus said was, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. The Tao replies by asking, can you cleanse your inner vision until there is nothing but light? So my name is Alexis Butcher, and um... the voice you are hearing is from a conversation I had with my sister Alexis. She's reclining on a twin-size bed in her pink and tan nursery with her new little baby Lila, who is going to nap and grunt beside her throughout this, so we could both just enjoy that. And I can personally attest to, at the time of recording, Lila did have the new baby smell. I spent time with Alexis to ask about what comes to mind for her when thinking about life as a vapor. Now, you might think it is nepotism to have her on my first podcast, but I wanted to dive into this topic with my sister specifically because I was really curious what her view was um, based on the experiences that she has had in the last year or so. But I will let her tell you as to not spoil the details. I'm 27 years old, live in Nashville, Tennessee with my husband, brand new baby girl, Lila, and we love life. I can say that um, more now than ever before. Probably the last year and a half of my life has changed everything more than you could really ever fathom having a baby, um, but also a pandemic. And also, while pregnant, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So it's been a really interesting last, like, I don't know, 18 months, I guess. Um, You know, we went from, I was working at a shelter for women where every day, all day, it was kind of just like helping people, what are they doing, um, helping them get out of some abusive relationships and stuff like that. And guiding them through circumstances. It was a really heavy job. And then I was like, ooh, I need a little break from from this. So uh, me and my husband, Carson, we went to Tulum, Mexico. It's like the Instagram baddie city of the world. <laughs> um, you would actually love it there. The food, the churros, oh my gosh. Um, but we got a little surprise pregnant. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little bit too relaxed, maybe. Um, and ended up quitting my job then during my second trimester when a bunch of the hormones just like jump and fluctuate um i was ended up diagnosed with breast cancer Mm -hmm. and they told me basically like 
you know, you only have three more months of pregnancy left, but because of the aggressive nature of it and because of the size of it, um, we don't have time to wait. And so I started chemotherapy and uh, then my baby Lila was born two months early by a emergency C-section, um, what I call by like divine nature, because I went in that night to the emergency room and thought that, I don't know, I thought something was wrong with me. My chest was like hurting. Turns out it was acid reflux, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, didn't want to leave anything to chance. And so we went in and I was fine. They were like, we're just going to keep you overnight um, just in case, you know, chemo patients. And when they checked her heartbeat, just that time that they checked it before I left, it ended up being down like by half for 11 minutes straight. And they were like, we don't know what's going on with this baby. Um, And so they literally rushed me out. And I will like never, ever forget that moment because literally I'm like looking at my husband's eyes as they roll me away and they literally tell me to rip off my clothes. And I'm like ripping clothes off, throwing them at nurses, rip off my rings and try to get them to my husband so they don't get lost. And like his eyes, I just remember being like, for my own self and for his self, I was like, I'll see you in a couple minutes. Cause it was way easier than like, we don't know what's gonna happen like with our baby or me. And uh, yeah, and so then we went through that and um, finished up some different rounds of chemo. Now I'm on a new treatment and now we've got this little baby girl at home right now, she's laying beside me squirming around if you hear any grunts. <laughs> um, and she is almost three months old, and she's doing really good. So as you can probably tell, my sister has an atypical story of what we might agree to be a normal or desirable pregnancy. However, it's not that uncommon. The National Institute of Health says that one in 1,000 pregnancies coincides with cancer diagnoses. More specifically, 1 in 3,000 are that of breast cancer. In the face of this less than desirable story, I asked my sister what she thought about when thinking about life as a vapor and what some of those positives or negatives might be. Like, when you say that life is a vapor, what does that mean? How does that, like, what is the imagery I have in my head? I love imagery. And I, I truly think of it as like wind. And so wind can be there and gone. It can be strong. It can be, you know, it can tear things apart or it can be a gentle breeze that cools you off. Um, A wind can be anything and it can come and go so quickly. And I truly believe that is what life is. And especially with like a diagnosis, you know, you immediately start thinking death. That's what everybody thinks. The second you walk in, like they drop the the word cancer so easily at a cancer center because they're doctors and they like, work with it all day but for you as a person who's like never heard it correlated with your life (laughs) you you it's a little shocking so I remember this it was like the second week after my diagnosis and we really didn't know anything besides like yes tested positive and so we didn't know the nature of it we didn't know really anything else and I remember I was pregnant and I was like is this going to kill my baby is this going to kill me or is it only going to kill me and then my husband's left with her I remember one night I was like I just need to like resolve with myself that I will die now or or later everyone is dying and so I think we we trick ourselves into thinking that we're not and 
once you realize that you will now or later and you just I don't know you hold life differently you're like okay I can live for a purpose because I'm not guaranteed tomorrow and anyone can die at any moment so I think it's helped me hold life less tight I give myself more space for a messy house and more cuddles with the baby um, more time with friends more time to be imperfect and just not worry I guess Um, I'll start with the negative the negative is thinking like what's the point if I'm just a vapor like what impact can a vapor have Um, and I like to think on things more of the positive side it's just the nature of my brain how I've trained it to function throughout my life Um, but I think that could be a real loss if people are like, oh, what's the point? I'm just a vapor. I'm just, I only have so many years. There's so much you can do with even a day. And a lot of times, well, me and Carson were talking the other night about purpose and how people feel like there's this destination of purpose that you're going to get to. And I just don't think that's true. I think each day has a purpose every moment has a purpose and so if you feel your purpose is one thing you just do that thing today Mm -hmm. so for me like i feel like my purpose is um bringing people freedom and sharing stories of freedom or music of freedom or um in some way sharing freedom and so that could be at a huge concert a speaking event or that could be Um, sitting in my baby's room and teaching her about freedom or it could be living in freedom myself and that's it for the day but people I believe sometimes when you think about life being a vapor they just put so much pressure on themselves but the benefit of seeing life as a vapor is shame um, guilt those things can really wash away it's like I have today and I don't need to worry about the rest because I'll just do what I can with today. Give myself grace for what happens. And if I wake up tomorrow, do it again. And just kind of live that way and and not put so much pressure on yourself. You just, you you have a choice on what you're going to perceive a moment as, good or bad. And I have chosen to see these moments as beauty Mm. and not as pain, where they could be hard Um, and I think that has led me to be the mother that I want to be and I can say that confidently because I I don't know if I'm like right or wrong it has nothing to do with right or wrong and everything to do with kind of like you're saying just being present and not taking any moment for granted and knowing that as quickly as she's growing out of all these diapers she'll be 19 and gone and cherishing every second she has literally doubled in size she has tripled in size size. yes Mm -hmm. yeah and so you see how quickly life goes and that's the kind of person I want to be not just mother I want to be the type of person who is present and just doesn't take things for granted Not taking life for granted and cherishing every moment 
choosing to perceive the depth of beauty in what could be a pain. That perspective lands a lot different coming from my sister who is physically worn down in front of me by chemotherapy's effects on her body, but is still endlessly beaming as she smiles over her baby girl in the face of those circumstances. I aspire to be that wise, truly. If you look close enough, there's truly life and death dancing together in every moment. This is the flow of all things but it's how you choose to see it that defines your outlook. If you know that you're not guaranteed tomorrow, then you also have to accept that your purpose is at least partially fulfilled in this exact moment and every previous moment. Rather than living every moment as if it's your last, live every moment knowing that it is its last, being the one and only time you get to experience that exact space and time or Better put, probably, as Alexis said, there is no destination of purpose, but rather something that we contribute to daily by being present. Present with your daughter, present with yourself, present with your friends and family. And, and at times that means being extremely present with your own pain. All of it is purpose. All of it is beauty if you let it be. So is that the trick? Is it that easy to hold life a bit more loosely and not put so much pressure on ourselves? Well, in Alexis's case, it led to her emotional acceptance of a messy house and more time with cuddling her baby. So by my standard, that seems to have positive outcomes thus far. But what I have personally experienced and what I've learned from some of the most joyful people in my life is there's a maturity and a perspective shift in how life is viewed at a base level. To me personally, this perspective shift has looked like moving from all I have is today into all I need is today. Accepting all that this moment has, wanting nothing more and expecting nothing less naturally allows you to be less swayed or shaken by unexpected outcomes. This is something I hope to expand on in future conversations, but for now, we will close out this conversation with Alexis, and as all conversations of this nature typically do, we started talking about dying. Because all vapors eventually dissipate. I asked my sister what came to mind as she came to terms with the potential of her own death being closer than she may have thought. And if her story ended today, what would she want baby Lila and others to know? That's something I've actually thought a lot about. And I considered writing a letter, but didn't because I was like, that puts me in a different mindset that I don't want to have, even though it's a reality like the beauty is my diagnosis is not as bad as it could be and uh, things are progressing in the right direction so I'm going to keep that mindset and I'm not going to write a letter 
But if I did, I would just want her to know that there's no reason to fear anything. Death, life, anything at all, if you are solidified in what you believe. And that's one thing that I found in this season, um, which some may call it a coping mechanism. Some, you know, you can say whatever you want about it, but I've never been more sure of what I believe. And walking through this season, even though there have been hard and devastating things, it seems like everything happened at the exact perfect time for it not to kill me. So I could have been on the brink of death many times in this last season, like emergency C-section, she was on the brink, like we don't know what was happening in her. And not one time was I afraid because I just have the peace of the Lord. And through this whole season, Carson and I both have had that peace. And even when I was diagnosed, it was like, you know, you definitely mourn, you have to mourn. But it wasn't like this immediate fall to your knees moment. It was like, okay, yeah, what next? Like what I would want her to know is just find truth because once you know, nothing can stop you. There's literally nothing that can hold you back because what is there to fear? Except pain, nobody likes pain, but there's just nothing to fear. I will leave you with Alexis's wise words of find truth because once you know, nothing can stop you and there's nothing to fear. I hope that listening today has helped you to enjoy your vapor a little more while maybe taking some pressure off yourself. So thanks for listening.